All right, Scott and Ethan, you both still there? Yep. Yeah. All right. So Noah didn't answer, and I think uh, Colton's eating with his mom or something. I think he's at backyard. So anyway, the three of us will do ours for now, and then they'll text me theirs, I'm sure. So just to really uh, recap last week's first, uh, we had... Pittsburgh at Minnesota. Minnesota was favored by three. Minnesota won 36 to 28. Noah, Scott, and I all took Minnesota to cover. Colton and Ethan went with Pittsburgh for double. Atlanta at Carolina. Carolina was favored by two and a half. Atlanta won 29 to 21. Noah went with Atlanta for double. Scott and I went with Atlanta for double, and Colton and Ethan took Carolina to cover. Then we had Las Vegas at KC. KC was favored by 10. KC won 48-9, to and everybody except for me got that one right. I went with Vegas to cover. Then we had Baltimore at Cleveland. Cleveland won 24-22. Cleveland was favored by 3. And... They only won by two, so I actually marked that one wrong. I just realized that. So nobody got that because um, four of us, Noah, Colton, Scott, and myself all took Cleveland to cover, and they fell one point short of covering. And then Ethan went with Baltimore. So no points there for anybody. Then we had Dallas at Washington. Dallas was favored by five and a half. Dallas won 27 to 20. Noah went with Dallas to cover. Colton went with Washington for double. Everybody else took Dallas to cover. Then we had the Los Angeles Rams at Arizona. Arizona was favored by two and a half. The Rams won 30 to 23. Noah and Ethan went with Arizona to cover. And uh, Colton, Scott, and I all took the Rams for double. So... So with that said, um, the points are going to be slightly different than I originally thought just because of that mess up on the one game. So Noah got five last week. He's at 53 now. Colton got three. He's at 52. Uh, Ethan got two still. He's at 58. Scott got Six instead of eight. Sorry about that, Scott. All right, no, hold on. No, yeah, you got six. It looks like two, four. No, seven, sorry. Seven instead of eight because of the one mess up. So you're at 59 instead of 60. And then I'm at... I got six, right, instead of seven. So I'm at 52. So... Anyway, one more time. I'm at 52. Colton's at 52. Noah's at 53. Uh, Ethan's at 58. And Scott's at 59 now. So, anyway, we had our first lead change in a long time because Ethan had been keeping that lead for as long as I can remember. But it's uh, still going to be a tight race, it looks like. So, uh, that's the updated standings. And then the first game of this week, we had New England at Indianapolis. Indianapolis was favored by two and a half. 
Indianapolis won 27-17. And everybody went with New England for double except Scott, and he took New England to cover, so nobody got that one right. Uh, now we got the Washington football team at Philadelphia. It's one of the games that got moved because of COVID, so they aren't playing it till Tuesday. But Philadelphia is favored by six and a half points, and we'll start with Scott on this one. Did you say two and a half for Philadelphia? Six and a half. Six and a half. I wish I knew more about that COVID situation and why they moved it. I honestly don't know which team is being hurt more by that. Uh, but that aside, um, I think Washington was pretty exposed against the Cowboys during the watch of that game. Uh, I guess the score 27 to 20 ended up a lot closer than that game actually was. I stuck with it for like the first half, and it was just a terribly boring football game. And the Cowboys are a pretty good team. Um, when they're playing well, and they seem to be playing well, but Dak doesn't look good. Uh, Zeke has been hurt all year, so it's tough to know. It's a long story short, very unimpressive performance by Washington at home against Dallas. I don't see Philly as consistent necessarily, but I believe that coming off a bye for the Eagles and because uh, Washington turns the ball over a lot, especially last week, Six and a half, you said? Um, yeah, yep. That's quite, a, that's quite a spread from two pretty inconsistent teams, but I can't go with Washington, so anything could happen. But uh, I'll go with Philly at home at night to cover. Okay. Ethan? Uh, I'm going to go with Washington to cover. I know Jalen Hurts has still been nursing. An ankle injury, I think is kind of practice that he has ran up throughout the course of the week, but just having his mobility impacted, I think that Washington is going to be able to cover at least. Okay. I'm going to add Colton on quick. He's calling back, so just one second. All right. Welcome, Colton. Um. So, we're on the first game still, so good timing. We're doing Washington at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is favored by six and a half, and you can go ahead and go next. What, what was it again? Phil, Philadelphia is favored by six and a half. Washington at Philadelphia. Okay. Yes, by six and a half. Yep. Yeah. Um. A lot like Scott said after Washington got exposed some last week. Um. I don't feel real good about taking them, even though they've you know been a good story to follow most of the year. But after last week, I don't feel real comfortable taking them. Uh. Six and a half is a decent amount with two inconsistent teams. That's the only thing there. But, um, but yeah, I'm actually going to go with Ethan here. I think it'll be a fairly close game because it's two inconsistent teams. 
So I think Philly will probably win, but I think Washington could possibly cover. So I'm going to go with Washington to cover the six and a half. Next up, we got Cincinnati at Denver. I, I did think this was interesting. Scott, I don't know if you have any sort of information on what might be going on there because you're a Bronco fan, but I saw Cincinnati opened as three-point favorites, but Denver closed as three-point favorites, which I thought was interesting. So the official spread is Denver favored by three, but do you have any insight on why that might have changed by chance? Not specifically that would move the line that much. I would just guess. I mean, Denver's always good at home. Cincinnati's a good team, but they're inconsistent. But um, yeah, six-point swing, I don't know. I, I There's nothing I can add other than, other than big money. Just must be going to the Broncos for some reason. I haven't heard anything. Like It's not like a major player is out or anything. Okay. I know both running backs are questionable for Denver. They're, they're both going to play, but that would not explain the swing toward the Broncos. So I have no idea. Okay, I was just curious. But why don't you go ahead and start this one, Scott? Um, well, uh, I think the Broncos at home, we have both those running backs, Gordon and Javante Williams, are opening up the passing game for the Broncos. And if the Bronco defense plays like it should, like it can, um, I'll take the Broncos to cover. I will say the secondary for the Broncos is, is pretty good, but it's susceptible to a deep ball now and then, and you worry about Joe Burrow looking for that all day. So I think this might be kind of a crazy back-and-forth kind of game. The Broncos are not built to come from behind. If they can't run the ball, they can't do anything. So um, I, I am hoping, and I'm sort of predicting, that the Broncos defense gets a couple stops in the first quarter. They go up by 14, and they hang on, hopefully, to win. But three, I mean, it, this is an inconsistent team, but Denver tends to play well at home, and this is a playoff game for them. Not sure if they respond to that or not. Cincinnati's offense is pretty good. The Broncos' defense is pretty good, especially the secondary. They'll give up a big play in this game to Jamar Chase. They have to stop Mixon, which I think they can. I think eventually the Broncos wear down the Bengals. I'll say they cover. All right, sounds good. I'll go next, and yeah, I'm leaning towards Denver too. Um, like you said, Denver can give up, you know, deep passes. But with that said, their defense is still pretty good. Um, and they are also a good home team. Um, even though Cincinnati has obviously had a pretty good year themselves, uh, which I don't know if anybody expected them to be, you know, where they are right now or not uh, with Baroque coming back and all that. But they've played well, though. But um They've also had some inconsistencies like a lot of teams, but I think at home Denver can get it done um, as long as they get their run game going, like you said. But um, I'm going to take Denver to cover as well, and we'll go to Colton next. Alright, Ethan. 
spot, actually. I love Javante Williams. I think he'd be right there in the offensive rookie of the year race if he was actually getting a complete workload instead of kind of splitting touches with Gordon. I think he's super talented. Uh, I really like watching Jerry Judy as well. But I don't trust whether it's Patty or whether it's the play calling. I don't trust the Denver offense to be consistent. I, I'm taking Cincinnati for double as well. All right. Next up, we got Green Bay at Baltimore. Green Bay is favored by seven points on the ground. And Colton, you can start this one off. Do we know if Lamar Jackson is playing today? I haven't. He was, he was questionable or a game time decision the last time I saw him. I'm going to look really quick just to, in case there's any update. But. Uh, it's Green Bay by seven on the road. Um, let's see. Yeah, he was ruled out two hours ago, so it's Tyler Huntley playing. And even though he's no Lamar Jackson, I mean, those people have a different game, obviously. But Huntley actually played pretty decent, I thought. You know, uh, I think it was against Pittsburgh or whatever. Or, no, who was that game against? Cleveland. Um, but... Anyway, uh, but yeah, he is out, so. still end up in the playoffs, but we'll see. Um, all right, Scott. I hate this game. Um, I like Tyler Huntley. I like Mark Andrews. Um, but obviously a totally different Baltimore team without uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, Baltimore's defense is most effective when they can blitz. Uh, two plays, you know, four downs. They're not going to do that against Aaron Rodgers. They'll just try it. So, um, I, I got to take a big spread on the road, but I'll take the Packers. I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers without Lamar Jackson, so I'll take the Packers to cover. All right. Ethan? Yeah, Scott kind of summed it up the best. I still love it, but without Lamar, even on the road, I'm taking the Packers. All right. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I think Green Bay will win. And yes, I get it's different with Jackson, but seven points is a decent amount on the road. So I'm hoping for a good game, and I'm hoping I'm right that Baltimore will keep it a game, even without Jackson. So I'm, I think Green Bay will win, but I'm actually going to go with Baltimore to cover this spread. So, All right. Um, then we got New Orleans at Tampa Bay. 
and Tampa Bay is favored by 11 and a half. Um, let's start with Scott on this one. Um, you know, I think Tampa proved something through the Buffalo game last week. I think the Saints are underrated, but not to the extent that, like, a Jason Hill um, is going to be able to make that much of a difference by himself. I know they had Kamara back big week last week. I like uh, Tampa's defense. I like how, I mean, you have Tom Brady, so he doesn't throw a ton of picks. And I got to go, you said 11 and a half? Yep. That's a big spread, but yeah. Big spread. Um, I'd have to check. I'm not sure that Tampa actually covered that spread against any team. I mean, that's two touchdowns quite a bit. But, um, man, I like Sean Payton. I like Bruce Arians. So I. I'll go with Tampa's defense and Tom Brady. That's, I like that game even less, but I'll take Tampa to cover. All right. Colton? Still there, Colton? Give me one second, Elijah. All right. What, what was the spread again? Eleven and a half, Tampa Bay. Can they can they take dogs for uh spread on this one? I'm gonna take Tampa Bay to cover as much as I would love them to lose today, just to help Green Bay and get an extra cushion in the number one seed this year. I don't think that they lose. Now, if the New Orleans had Drew Brees, he didn't retire, I probably would be taking Drew Brees in this one, just for a simple fact. Drew Brees has the weapons. They still have the weapons, but my quarterback situation there, it's a little picky for me. Alright. Just because Scott brought it up quick, I was re-looking at Tampa Bay's schedule. And obviously, I don't know what the spread of if any of those games going into it were. But just as far as some of the blowout games they've had this year, they beat Atlanta Week 2, 48-25. They beat Miami 45-17 in October. They beat the Bears 38-3 in October. Uh, they beat the Giants 30-10 in November. The Falcons again 30-17. Um, and then they, of course... Well, that wasn't a blowout. They beat the Bills in overtime last week. But anyway, so that was their – that was more of their blowout games this year is what I'm getting at. So um, so they have done it to some teams. Um, yeah, 11 and a half is a pretty big spread. But at the same time, I think uh, – I don't think Taysom Hill has enough to keep it that close. Um, even though the Saints, I agree, are underrated. I just don't think he by himself can keep it that close with the greatest of all time so, he, that he's facing. So um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to cover as well. And Ethan? Uh, yeah, I think Taysom Hill gets kind of exposed just being more of a gadget player than a true quarterback in the NFL by this good Tampa Bay defense. Sean Payton's out this week as well. I saw some funny memes on Twitter with Kevin James stepping in with that new movie that's coming out. So I thought 
those were kind of funny, but with Sean Payton out and just not legit NFL quarterback, I'm going to be taking Tampa Bay here as well. All right. And then our last one for this week, of course, is the Minnesota at Chicago Monday night game. Minnesota is favored by six on the road. Um, we There was some interesting news that came out, I think it was yesterday. Um, not that Brashad Breland was always that great. He made some plays this year, but at times didn't look very good. But anyway, they cut cornerback Brashad Breland after, at practice, he got into a physical altercation with your star running back, Delvin Cook, as well as your defensive tackle, Sheldon Richardson, and the general manager, Rick Spielman. So that's obviously going to get you cut. Um, So I don't know what led up to it. I just know that he got into physical altercations with the team. So... And those aren't guys you should be getting in. Well, not that you ever should get in physical altercations with your team, but let alone the GM and your star running back and a defensive tackle who's way bigger than you. Um, With that said, now that I got that little nugget out of the way, I know Minnesota usually doesn't play well in Chicago, um, but I like their win last week against Pittsburgh, um, even though I didn't like how we did it, you know, getting up big and then Zimmer playing soft again. Um, I wasn't a fan of that, but I still thought it was a good win to at least keep your playoff hopes alive for another week. Um, So anyway, I think Kirk can get another primetime win. I think he can get two of them in a row. I know last week that wasn't all on him. He had some nice throws, but overall I thought he struggled. Um, But he did make some nice throws in key moments. Um, anyway, I think they can get their second straight primetime win. And uh, just like he did, I think it was last year, he can beat Chicago on Monday night. Um, so I'm going to go with Minnesota to cover the six-point spread. Um, I know all our games have been close, uh, which in some ways would lead me to take Chicago to cover. But at the same time, I think I can beat we can beat them by at least seven, even if it's another one score game. So for that reason, I'm going to still take Minnesota to cover the six point spread. Uh, We'll go to Ethan next. Um, I'm actually surprised that the spread is this big with just how Minnesota's played historically at Chicago. I think they're uh, just kind of set up for a letdown after winning again last week to kind of keep some playoff hopes alive. I really want to pick Chicago to win, but I think that's a little too risky, so I'm just going to take the Bears to cover here. All right. Colton? Ethan, I am not going to play you. I'm going to take Chicago for a double in this one. And, uh, funny little nugget here, Eliza. Yeah. Sure. I mean, 2018, 2019, Chicago played the Boiler, and uh, Minnesota did not make the playoffs those years, courtesy of the Bears, and that's not going to happen this year. Minnesota ain't going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, guys. We'll see about that. I'm not saying obviously they will for sure, but they could still, especially if Washington loses again today, then... 
Um, I don't know for sure where Philadelphia falls in the tiebreaker. That's the only thing. Well, actually, I know as of today, we're ahead of Philadelphia, and we both have NFC games. So, yeah, even if Philly beats Washington, we move into the wild card spot as long as we beat Chicago. So, anyway, it definitely could still happen. I know we still have to play Green Bay and the Rams, but it could happen is all I'm getting at. Uh, No, it's not, but it's also a team and it's also a team game and he's had some very good Monday night games that his team lost that weren't because he didn't play well. I'm not saying he's played well in obviously every Monday night game because he hasn't. I'm just saying it's still a team game and it takes more than one guy to win a primetime game. But anyway. Well, no, you don't take all the blame. Yes, you can put some blame on him, but I'm saying you're telling me if he threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and they still lost that he deserves all the blame? That's not how it works. It's a team game, and your defense needs to make plays, too. That's all I'm getting at. But anyway, uh, Scott? And the flip side of that is Justin Fields tends to play, as a rookie, tends to play well in primetime games. Um, I like watching him a lot. I think if Chicago wins this game, he's one of the ways they win. He makes those third down scrambles and uh, keeps the Bears in the game. I also, my biggest concern for the Vikings is Robert Quinn uh, for the Bears. I don't think they have anything to stop him. None of their running backs can block him. Their offensive line is shaky at best, Minnesota's, and he's up there in sacks in the league. He has to be. I know he had a couple last week. He's going to get his two or three sacks on Cousins. And in a cold Chicago with a little bit of wind, I'm guessing, I don't think there's any snow in the forecast for around here. But um, I could see this game going south in the Vikings. But they absolutely have to win it. The Bears are the worst team in the division by far, in my opinion. And I think the better team should win. So I'm going to take the Vikings. Six points is a lot. It's so close that we're at seven. I might take the Bears. But I think the Vikings have shown in that spring game, for example, they can pull a have They have enough offensive weapons to be able to do that. They can get Jefferson involved in all kinds of different ways. Apparently nobody can stop. They throw that deep uh, that deep slant over the middle, and nobody has an answer for it. So if Cousins can have a little bit of time in some quarter of that game, I think they can, with Dalvin Cook, put up enough points to, to pull away. Chicago's just not very good. No one so thing. The one thing I'll add to what you were saying, if you, because, yeah, Quinn, I'd be worried about too, but if you can bring in a sixth offensive lineman like they did last week against T.J. Watt, because, I mean, yeah, I know Watt got injured at some point in the game, but Watt wasn't doing much of anything on us. So, you know, I think that's the answer. You give whoever is blocking Quinn, you know, some help and do what you did last week, and maybe you can slow him down just like you did with T.J. Watt. So, well, what concerned me about that game was they were not able to miss the block. They were there missing three or four defensive pieces, yeah. and the Vikings still couldn't move the ball in the second half. Well, that, in the second half, that's true. But I'm saying early on, you know, they they were having their way running the ball for sure, you know. But, and it's not just Robert Quinn. They have Jackson, they have, Cullen, yep. they have Eddie Jackson, they have Gibson. 
they have, their defense should be playing better than it has been, but the team itself is, I, I'm not sure, it's, like, it's almost like a Viking situation, you can't quite put your finger on it, but it's just not working. So, um, I know they play poorly in Chicago, they play down to bad opponents, everything here says trap, and I think the Vikings are significantly better enough where they should win on the road, and if this might be the last game, I'd take the Vikings of the season, but I'll take them here. Yeah, I love the last game of the year they play Chicago at home, too. So we'll see. It depends where things are sitting then. But all right. Um, anybody else have anything, or should we wrap up? I don't know when we lost him, I guess. Uh, I didn't know he was off. Sometimes I don't know unless somebody just doesn't answer. So, oh, I, I, Like I said, I guess, he didn't want, I guess he didn't want me to ditch him for his team losing on Monday, but that's fine. All right. Tyler Murray's so much fun to watch, though. He made yeah. a couple of real dumb plays in that game, but he also made yeah. a couple of plays that I don't think any other quarterback in the league could make in that game. Yep. Honestly, yeah, I think him and Lamar Jackson are very good quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, overall, you judge a quarterback by the whole game. Yep. And if you, <laughs> if you make those five or six real bad throws, which Kyler Murray always does, then you end up hurting yourself and probably lose the game as a result of Kyler Murray um, on, on Monday night. But he also, I mean, you could put five or six plays of his from last week on film, and they just know what else can do it. He's I, I honestly don't know how he made two of those. If somebody can, he needs the right coach. He needs the right offensive guy to come in and settle him down. And you know, you're not hitting the home run every play. If he can start to throw the ball, like uh, lead passing routes like Tom Brady does or something like that, if he can think like a pocket passer and then use all the other uh, ability he's got. He could be as good as Mahomes. He could be as good as anybody in the league. That, that's actually yep. a really good team, the Cardinals. I agree with you. That's why I think they'll make the playoffs, but I just don't think that they can make it to the one seed this year. No, but I think it would if they run into Green Bay at any point in the playoffs, I think that could actually be a pretty dang good game. Yeah, it will be a good game because then they'll have Kyler Murray. I I think if they would have Kyler Murray, I don't know if he played on Thursday. I don't think he did when they played each other. I can't remember. But in my in my opinion, the only way Green Bay makes the Super Bowl, and yes, I know they have a good team, but just like they lost in the conference championship two straight years. Uh, they have a good team, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think the only way they make the Super Bowl is if somehow, and this isn't likely to happen, that they don't play Arizona or Tampa Bay. Because I think both of those teams would have a chance to beat Green Bay. So. It, it depends on where it is. If it's in Arizona, I think they'll probably lose that one. If it's in Tampa Bay, well, Aaron Rodgers is more, though. It's not that good. If it's in Didn't they beat them in Green Bay last year, though?
Well, that's what I'm saying. So Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, obviously anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, it would be harder for Arizona, but they could still do it if they played well. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Tampa Bay, of any of the teams, would have the best chance to win in Green Bay just because Brady's used to playing in the cold. But if, if the Packers lose today, which they could, the Cardinals are going to kill the Lions. So the, the, the Packers have to win today for a shot at the one seed, realistically, not mathematically, but realistically. And even if that Cardinal Green Bay game were in Green Bay, you still have James Conner. You know, they might be able to neutralize Conor Murray. That defense of Arizona turns the ball over like crazy. They've got 27 takeaways, I think, on the season. And when it's cold at Lambeau, the Packers love a 17-3 to kind of game. And I don't know that you're going to see that regardless with Arizona. So, I mean, long story short, they want to play the Packers, uh, want to play the Cardinals at Lambeau for sure. They don't want to go to Arizona. But to make that happen, they got to win today, and they got to do it in Baltimore. Meanwhile, you know, it's almost a bye week for the Cardinals. Watch them lose now. But they're playing the Lions, and Detroit is playing guys off the street because of COVID. So, what's for it? The Packers, obviously. It's obviously early, and I won't look too much into it. But with four and a half minutes left in the first, Detroit is winning three to zero currently. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. But. That's not true. That's not completely true, though, because he won back to back titles in the 2000s. And they won three. And they won three. And they won three, and they won three in four years during that stretch. So he's definitely, I mean, yeah, I get he's not going to every year. Then again, not, I mean, how many teams have gone to back, back-to-back back Super Bowls the last 30 years? I mean, it back in the beginning, it happened more, but I'm saying a lot of teams don't make back-to-back Super Bowls. So, I mean, that's hard to do. We know that. But I'm just saying Brady has done it in the past. No, I know. I know he has. I'm just saying in the latest in the uh, 2016 year and every year. Every time he's made it outside of 04, 03, 04, he hasn't won it that fast. He's the only one to do it. He hasn't done it yet again. Gotcha. Well, yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, I still think if I had to guess right now who would make the Super Bowl in the NFC, I'd pick Tampa Bay, followed by... Either Arizona or Green Bay. It would be close for sure, in my opinion, who would have the second best chance. Um, but I'd still put Tampa Bay as my favorite in the NFC, personally. Uh, honest, honestly, someone, my mom's boyfriend asked me this a um, couple of weeks ago. He's like, So, who do you think is going to make it to the Super Bowl this year? And I'm like, Honestly, too wide open. We got no one. Round this side. 
literally have one, one or two teams that you like, oh, yeah, they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Honestly, Elijah, and I don't see it. Yeah, and we talked about this on one of the other podcasts, too, about the parody of this year, which I think is great for the league. If I had to pick two favorites, I'd pick Kansas City and Tampa Bay again, but uh, but that can change easily. But, yeah, it is wide open, though, for sure, which I actually like that aspect of because uh, it makes everything exciting down the stretch. Yeah, like, like I said, normally you have you have two teams that you'd be like, yeah, they'll probably make it to the Super Bowl. Right now, you don't because it's so wide open. All the teams are playing very good that are up there. Right. I think Scott got off the call, too, it looks like. <laughs> well, it was just you and I, which is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Like I said, it's just too wide open. Right. Yeah, I mean, even Dallas, although I wouldn't put them at the top of the list. I mean, they can be a dangerous team, but they also have their struggles compared to some of those other teams. Yeah, Dallas is uh, winning 6-0 right now. They missed an extra point. Hmm. They did get an interception. Uh, they took the ball in the air, and I don't know who caught it, but... Gotcha. Well, we probably can wrap up too, but enjoy your week of football. Not just today, because now all of a sudden we have Monday night games and we have Tuesday night games. Yeah, I will most definitely try to catch some of the games this week. I gotta work, but I will be catching some of them this week. And I've signed up for a trial of FUBU TV after I lost ESPN on YouTube just to see what it's like. I'm I actually really, really like the layout of it. It's got a really nice layout. And so far, I like it. I mean, I just got it yesterday. But at least now I can watch the Minnesota game. Although I think because it's a local team, I think they were going to be on Channel 5 maybe besides. Although I heard some people lost Channel 5 too. I haven't looked into Uh, that. but uh, Yeah, Channel 5 is... is, The BFSNTBC Network... So, yeah, you would have been able to watch it because not only is it on ESPN and ESPN2 with Peyton and Eli, it's also on Channel 5, too. Well, right, but like I said, I talked to some people that have YouTube TV, and they said that they lost Channel 5. So, um, I don't know if that was just in their area or if in general. Um, I don't know. Nope. I lost it too. So that, yeah, yep. So, and channel five is ABC. So yeah, they must be linked into ESPN somehow. Would be my guess based on what that I lost channel five. So. 
Right, which is why they lost to both. But but Disney, um, I think Disney owns part of, well, actually, I guess in this case, it would be ESPN because ESPN owns Disney. But I think I read that they own part of, uh, or what is it? No, I think it. I think it's the other way around because that would be make the only sense. I'm looking it up really quick so I don't mess my words up. Hold on one second. Um. While you're waiting for that, are we still on for two weeks? I believe so. I'll check with Ann, but I believe so. Anyway, I forget what it was, but I read somewhere that um, either ESPN owns part of Fubo TV, or, or either they, yeah, or either Disney owns part of Fubo or Fubo owns part of Disney. So anyway, the one nice thing is there's no risk based on what I've read of this company at least losing access to ESPN and Disney unlike some of these other ones. So Yeah, and honestly all these TV companies make a lot of money, so you would think that they would have these contracts set up and stuff and it's like come on man. You got people like you and me and some other people that want to watch sports. Yeah, it kinda of sucks I don't have network. I did not I wish I would have seen this when Scott was still on. But uh, apparently the Broncos, um, Peyton Manning is in ownership mix as Broncos sale could be completed by the spring. What? So he's one of the guys showing interest in being a potential part owner. And it sounds like they could possibly be sold by spring. That would be cool, though. I mean, he ended his career there, you know, with the Super Bowl one, so. Yep. That would be a pretty. One of the few people that actually do it. So when the Super Bowl stands yeah. on. Wow. The Jets are up 10 to 0 at Miami. Oh, yeah, that's why you weren't on yet. Everybody went with New England, either for double, because they were underdogs, um, except for Scott, and Scott took New England to cover. But, yeah, nobody got that one, right? I, I thought I took uh, the Colts to cover, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. I'm like, dang, I lost that one. Yeah. Um, the Texans are beating Jacksonville 13-3. <laughs> What did you think of the whole Urban Meyer situation? Um, I think what I read is that it got blown out of proportion of what he told someone, and that a couple of players, and what Urban Meyer said in the exclusive interview, a couple of players talked to the owner or the GM, and they said a completely different story than what the kicker said. Well, so now it's he said versus he said, and if no player has come out and actually say what happened, then it, you're, then it's 
it's people are just gonna have to decide who to believe. But regardless, regardless, I think with everything else that happened with that young lady at the bar and everything else, I think he's been in a lot of trouble for a few weeks anyway, and I think this was just the last straw, so to speak. I honestly think no one could admire his background, and I don't know if you're going to agree with this. I think there might be an NFL team to try to take a chance, and I think if he gets the right team, the, the right uh, NFL team that picks him for their next head coach, I, I think he could do a lot better than what he did down in Jacksonville, and I think he could turn it, turn it around. And I mean, as someone said on the pre-show today, they're like, we've got everyone. When Jimmy Johnson was the Dallas head coach, he brought in everyone from the college that he had as his coaches, co- coaches and PR person to have that uh, clarity, whatever you want to call it, around him, so that nothing could get out, and that they know him. And he got along with the coaches. Yeah, I think. I mean, okay. So you look at teams who possibly could fire coaches, Vikings. Yeah. Although I don't think they'll go after Urban Meyer, and I hope no, they don't. I, don't. I don't think they will. The but Jets are always a potential team, although I don't uh, think they do. But I don't know. I don't know what their coach's contract is like or if they fire another coach this early or not. Um, I I honestly think it would be hard for him to get a head coaching job, at least right away, um, yeah. because I don't think there's enough teams looking for coaches that would have interest in him. Um, now, could I see him potentially returning to college? That's a possibility. But... Uh, but he was also in some pretty bad health at the end of his college career, which is why I was partially surprised he returned to coaching at all. But, but I don't know if you asked him, it would be, I'd be curious to know if you, if you flat out asked the coach that's coached both places, which is more stressful college or NFL, it would be curious to see. I'd be curious to see what the answer would be. He said he did not see the loss very well. He did not like losing he prefers winning, and I think that is most every head coach in the NFL. Well, right. Nobody wants to lose, obviously, so. But. He's used to winning. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It would be, I'd actually be curious if somebody asked him that, what the answer would be, which is more stressful. Because they're both obviously going to have their stresses. But. If you just flat out asked, which is more stressful, NFL or college, I'd be curious to know the answer. Because in college, you have to worry about recruiting and everything else, you know, but. I, I honestly agree with you. I think it could be a Mike McCarthy type situation where Mike took a year off. And there wasn't really any team. Yeah, he was in consideration for some, but they didn't really go after him hard. By the way, oh, go, finish your thought, and then I'll say what I was going to. I honestly think he could take a year off from coaching and possibly consider going back to the NFL, because I honestly think if he has the right team around him and a good quarterback and good team all around, I think he could make it in the NFL. By the way, Detroit is up 10-0. 
That would be crazy. I mean, it's early. It's early in Arizona. We know has the firepower to score points in a hurry, but so. Detroit Detroit has 161 yards. Arizona has five. For what? Total offense so far today. Are you serious? Yep. I'm just what I'm not I mean I'm obviously not at home watching it. I'm just I think but I uh, just looked up the stats. Um But yeah, that's insane. Well, like I said, it's early. No, they aren't on the channel we get. It's Tennessee at Pittsburgh and Dallas at the Giants. Darn. I just, I just happened to look to see if it's actually on TV. Because, uh, yeah. I don't know if the uh, Cowgirls are going to win today. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Oh, I just had a yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll let you know about uh, when we play again, but I think it should work. It's a Sunday night game. I don't see any reason it won't, um, but I'll let you know. Well, let me figure out that it's okay first, and then we'll go from there. But all right. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> you like, just curious, do you like queso dip? I don't like anything hot. Queso's not hot, per se. It's just a cheese dip. No. You don't? No. Huh, okay, shoot. I was thinking about maybe smoking queso for the game, because that takes less time than meat. And because I'll have to work, I don't know if I'll have time to smoke meat or not. But anyway, um, well, I'll figure something out regardless, even if it's just something simple. But all right. Sounds good. You have a good day. Enjoy some football. Have a Merry Christmas if we don't talk before then. I don't know for sure what day we'll talk uh, for games next week. So if we don't talk before then, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks, bud. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening to another episode of Digs and Distance Football Podcast. Hope you all have a great day and a Merry Christmas, and stay safe.